Welcome to the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast, and as you can probably tell, I am still battling the cold. I do sound a little bit nasally still. Uh, It's a bit of a struggle to talk, if I'm being completely honest, so I do apologize for that, but tis the season to get sick, as they would say. But we're going to power through it. I have not one, but two guests on this week's show. Writer-director Jennifer Nicole Stang returns to the show for the first time in four years to talk about growing up in the world of performing art. She's been a dancer, a musician, songwriter, as well as an actor. She also talks about transitioning from acting to filmmaking, working behind the camera, learning all aspects of the filmmaking process. And then producer Sasha Filipovich also joins the show to talk about how her and Jennifer met, the importance of having a community of filmmakers in your area, and the process of making their short film, The Whistler. This is a really good, really informative episode, so if you are an aspiring filmmaker, you'll definitely want to check this out. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Jenny and Sasha. Sitting here with my very special guest this week for the first time on this podcast in now four years, which we were talking you know, before we started, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, filmmaker, songwriter, actor, director, Miss Jennifer Nicole Stang. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing fantastic. You know, it, it was cool that, you know, I reached out to you, uh, I think a few weeks ago, talking about how I've been kind of changing the format of my show to kind of go on towards film, uh, have that as kind of the central subject of the show. And you were one of the first people I thought of. And, you know, I've, you've been busy doing a lot of other projects since we last talked. So thought it'd be great to have you back on. That's nice of you. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's been a busy four years for sure. <laughs> so uh, let's kind of start from from the very beginning, because I know you've you've lived in a lot of different places uh, throughout your life. But where are you from originally? Well, I was born in Argentina, but my dad's uh, Canadian. My mom's Dutch. And I grew up in the UK, Ontario, Philadelphia, um, lived in New York for a minute, a quick minute, um, Spain, went back to the UK, lived in LA for eight years. And now I've been in Vancouver for almost two. That's fantastic. That's a that's a wide variety, and I, I can't imagine how many miles you've traveled in that time frame. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so what what's cool about, uh, or what drew you to, to move to Vancouver? I actually had uh, one of my best friends went there uh, on his honeymoon, I think two years ago, and just raved about it. He said he wanted to move there. So it's got to be pretty great. Oh, yes. I'm, I would love to stay here, you know much longer. I, you know, I had a friend who is a filmmaker and he suggested that I come up here because there are, since I am a dual citizen, there are a lot of benefits for me as a female filmmaker. And I thought I would, you know, I've been in, I was in LA for eight years and I thought, well, it'd be nice to have a change and just to see what's going on up here. And I moved here and I actually started to, you know, work on an independent project met some great people, love the city. It really is beautiful. Um, there's a lot to do outdoors and uh, it's just, yeah, I really like the people. I like the atmosphere. I do love that it's not a movie town, you know? I don't go hiking and get someone's business card, you know, like I did in LA. It's um, it's definitely, you know, not out in the open. Although, you know, 
a large, I think the majority of American TV does shoot up here, but in general, the town is not all about film. And I think that's refreshing because I'm thinking about film all the time. So it's nice to take a break there. So that's quite refreshing. And I do like seasons, I have to say. Um, we only have two, kind of, though, but it's a step up, I think, from L.A. Um, but I've just really been enjoying my time here. And, you know, as a writer-director, I can actually live anywhere I like, in a way, you know, if I'm writing. And directing, it depends, you know, uh, on the place where you're shooting. So, um, yeah, I've been really enjoying it. So I think I'll be here quite a while longer. We'll see. Well, it's interesting because not a lot of people may know this, but as you mentioned, a lot of TV shows especially will film up in Vancouver, like a lot of the CW shows like Arrow, The Flash. I think Riverdale films up there too. But it, from what I've seen of it, you know, and from what I've heard, it seems like a an amazing place. Yeah, it's really incredible. Um, though when we were working on uh, our short that we just did last year, The Whistler, um, we were looking for locations and we were looking for forest locations and it was very difficult because all those big shows, you know, they do take up all the kind of the prime spots. Um, but we, we found something regardless, but it was just, it's amazing because you don't really know what's going on here. You know, it's not out in the open, but once you start kind of, you know, doing your own uh, kind of investigation as to, you know, locations, you find that, oh yeah, a lot of places are taken up by American television, you know, which is great for uh, Canadian crew up here and uh, Canadian actors as well because they, they work, you know, tirelessly in the American film industry. So yeah, it's been great. It's probably a nice change from, you know, the, the busyness of Los Angeles, which earlier this year, uh, I finally got to go out to LA for the first time. Oh, no kidding. Uh, yeah, and, and it's funny because on one hand, I was thinking, I don't know if I could live here, maybe somewhere like close outside of L.A., but I, I loved it. You know, it's, yeah. it's, so, it's so different from where I grew up. And to be yeah. honest, I, I was only out there for three or four days, and I was angry the day that I had to come home because there was still so much more that I wanted to do. Fair enough. But you, you can't do it, you know, in a three or four day time frame, but... No, that's true. And, you know, I do think as, um, you know, as a, as a resident of LA, it's different than visiting too. Um, mm -hmm. but I think LA in general has, it does have a lot to offer, you know, and, and I do miss the weather from time to time, even though I, I say I prefer seasons, you know, the warm weather was refreshing. I was there, um, this last month for Shriekfest and I was there for a few days and I thought, oh, this is great. You know, there's some sun. So it's uh, it's really nice to to visit. And, you know, because Vancouver is so close to L.A., it feels, you know, like I can come there at any time. So, yeah, it's it's still nice. I love Griffith Park. It's my favorite place in L.A. Did you go there? Uh, briefly. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't there for very long, but I, I did like it. Yeah, the observatory is fantastic. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. There was a lot of cool things to do. You know, did the the Walk of Fame, um, did the Warner Brothers studio tour, because that was one thing. I, I had to do either like a Paramount or some type of film studio tour, which was which was really oh. nice. And, and the food was fantastic, too. That's, that's always a big deal to me is to find some type of, you know, food that I really like wherever I go. 
definitely, definitely. So how far away, you said Vancouver's not that far from LA. How far away is Vancouver? I mean, it's a three-hour plane ride. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's that's not terrible. No, it's not bad. You know, I was, um, uh, you know, traveling to from Philadelphia to the UK for a while and then from LA to, you know, South Africa a few times. So that's that's pretty rough. And the time difference is rough. So, you know, LA, Vancouver, same time time zone so it's it's actually really nice yeah philadelphia is another place i went there for the first time uh for a podcasting convention uh back in july philadelphia is great too it is it is it has its its beauty i actually like the old old city of philly Mm -hmm. um i don't know where they keep the liberty bell anymore but um when i was younger they kept it um in the center of the city and it's just yeah, there's a lot of really great history on the East Coast. And I love the East Coast because people are so direct there. I really do miss that. Yeah, the Liberty Bell was in in this museum near the Center City. Oh, yeah. So they've they've yeah. moved since. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It, it was seeing, seeing that was really cool. And then, you know, going to the art museum and seeing the steps that Sylvester Stallone ran up in the Rocky movies and everything, that was... You know, growing up loving those movies, that was a that was a cool moment. But oh, for sure. And you know, M. Night Shyamalan. I mean, he's shot most of his films there um, in Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Um, actually, we actually went to the same school. Oh, cool. Interesting. In Philadelphia, yeah, he graduated from the Episcopal Academy, and I remember he came in to talk to all of us, and I had the pleasure of of chatting with him afterwards and just asking him about his films because I was a really big fan at the time. I think. The Village has just come, had just come out, or no, 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 it was just before that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was a big fan, and uh, I like that he takes, you know, various pockets of Pennsylvania and, you know, uh, and kind of uses them in his films. I think it's it's wonderful that he takes advantage of it because there's a lot to see in Pennsylvania, and it's a really cool place with a lot of history. So that was always fun to watch. Yeah. No, for sure. No, I, I had no idea he was that he was from there and that he used yep. like little pockets of the area. That's, that's pretty cool. Cause I, I haven't seen all of his movies. You know I mean? I saw the sixth sense obviously, you know, when it first came out, cause it was the big movie at that time. And then I uh, sure. saw split when it came out, really enjoyed that. And I'm glad that he's going back to that unbreakable universe. Cause that was one of, I think right. unbreakable is I think his best movie that he's ever done. It is a phenomenal film. And I, I don't know why, but it, I guess with some people, you know, it's kind of pushed under the radar. And I actually think it's it's really great film. And I, I feel like people, you know, talk about The Sixth Sense a lot, which is, I know, you know, is warranted. But um, Unbreakable is, has its own incredible, like the storyline and it's very rich. It's just uh, very well told. Mm-hmm. And I also, you know, I love Signs. I love The Village. Um, so I've been a big fan for sure. Yeah. I'm glad that he's, you know, he's starting to make a comeback. It seems. Yeah. And I like what he's doing now. He's really kind of, uh, giving something fresh, I think, um, with his new films, which is really cool. It's really cool to see that he's, he's, uh, I think he's starting to, you know, work on more one to 2 million productions again. And he's just kind of trying to, you know, present things from a, see things from a different angle in terms of the market. So I think what he's doing is really cool. It's really refreshing. 
No, it is. And I, I'm really excited to see Glass uh, when it comes out. I'm definitely yeah. gonna be going to see that. Yeah, me too. That'll be fun. Let's talk about um, you know, moving on into your film career because you grew up in performing arts, you know, with doing ballet, dance. Uh, you're also a singer and songwriter. Mm-hmm. What was it that made you transition into filmmaking or did you do filmmaking first and then writing music? Um, so I grew up uh, as a dancer and then I, you know, in high school, I think my last two years of high school, I started um, working as a singer songwriter and I had, you know, taken acting classes here and there. And uh, when I was 16, I went to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in New York for their summer program. And so I had a great love of it. Um, but I always felt very, you know, in the community, very supported as a singer songwriter and didn't really think it was possible for me. But um, after, you know, it took me a while to figure out, but actually I, I when I moved to LA, I was there to finish a Latin pop album. And then I got back into acting and started taking that more seriously. And of course, LA, you know, is a film town. It's not New York. It's not theater. So I started doing more film as an actor. And then um, one day I, I was, uh, we were doing our own little short film and uh, I got behind the camera and I thought, oh, this is great. You know, I really enjoyed this part. So it was kind of a a really cool discovery for me. And I never thought I would kind of stray from, you know, the acting trajectory that I kind of had in mind. And, um, then I, I realized what I could do with film. I could, you know, tell a story from, you know, the development of it to, you know, pre-production, production, post-production, and then beyond. And I thought, Oh, I love telling the whole story in that way. And of course, I've always liked writing. And so it was just kind of a natural way of jumping into it. And then, yeah, then I realized, but it was it was a hard realization, because I really had acting on the brain for a long time. But I just it was something uh, that took me a few years to think, okay, I prefer just to work on the filmmaking side. Not that I don't act anymore. Um, I did act in a short film last year. Um, that's now doing quite well in the festival circuit called Original Idea, called OI. And I had the pleasure of working uh, with Sizzle Snap Productions on that um, and starring with Ben Cotton. So that was great. That was really fun for me. But, you know, I haven't been pursuing it. Um, and I prefer not to just because, yeah, my passion is in filmmaking. So it was interesting because I discovered it kind of not really late in life, but much later than I had you know, certainly planned because <laughs> I'm clearly a planner. So, yeah. Well, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of actors, I feel like as they, you know, they start out as actors, but then when they start working behind the scenes, they do more behind the scenes stuff like directing, especially in, you know, TV shows. I've noticed that a lot of the cast members will wind up directing an episode or two of the show or, you know, yeah. someone like a Ron Howard who started as an actor and now he's, you know, a very ac- accomplished director. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's very natural for actors to become directors because, you know, they understand the story and they see it from a perspective of, you know, they, you know, they really see the whole arc of a film, you know, as much as any director without acting experience as well. And I think it's only natural to want to work with actors in a different way. You know, Mel Gibson, I mean, he's one of my favorite directors of all time. 
And, you know, he, he got into that naturally. And I, I think he's marvelous at what he does. Um, but, you know, I think it's a very, you know, I think a lot of actors also want to produce because they want to create content and not just be in it if they can. Great. But, you know, I think a lot of producers, you know, do start producing because of that reason. But I think directing is also a natural way of going about being more involved in the film industry. And it's really nice to watch that. Well, I think it's it's essential to have, you know, if you're whether you're start as an actor or you start out as, you know, a producer or a sound person, I think it's essential really to learn all aspects or you should want to learn all aspects of filmmaking because you never really know what's going to click. You know, like you said with directing, I'm sure yeah. you, you didn't plan on being a director and then you actually tried no. it and you fell in love with it. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, and for me too, you know, once I started getting behind the camera, um, you know, I got to know and, you know, different cameras, I started working with them and then, you know, my production company eventually bought a red Epic package and, you know, then I started working as a DP for a bit. And so I started understanding the technical side. Um, then, you know, I even worked as a PA on some shorts and, uh, did craft services, you know, like I, I was trying to get my, my finger in every pie and understand each department because everyone will come at it from a different perspective. You know, art department will say, yes, but these are the important things to, you know, focus on, you know, on that side. And then, you know, have everyone sort of talking to you about, you know, as a director or producer, you know, what they're concerned with. And it's really important to see it from their perspective and to understand the jargon and to be able to communicate with them um, regarding, you know, their concerns and, and how they see creating this, you know, this production. So I think it's essential, really, you know, I would say to any filmmaker um, that's, you know, new to new to filmmaking to try everything, you know, might as well. And uh, it can't hurt. You just you become more knowledgeable and appreciative as well of, you know, like I, as a craft services, you know, kind of PA, I was running around all day, you know, it was actually pretty stressful. So <laughs> I really appreciate that job. You know, I think it's, it's, um, the, it's, it's all about working as a family as well. Like exactly. family, you know, and a production will not be successful unless you can all work together. And uh, I really believe in that. And actually, I enjoy that. I enjoy working with others because two heads are better than one as well. Um, that's why I really enjoyed working with um, my producer, Sasha, um, who's here with us today, because uh, we discussed even the script and we talked about the end and, and she had a great idea for the end. And then we kind of changed the script and, you know, she came at it from a different perspective and in terms of production as well and had great ideas. And I thought, well, this is wonderful because it's all about making a great product. It's not about your baby, right? It's about, I mean, you have to be passionate about it. And of course I am, but the point is to create a product that your audience will love and to make it the best the best you can. And so that's the point. And I think if everyone can enjoy each other on set and be excited and passionate, I think that's the point of working on set. Otherwise it's pointless. You might as well do something else because it's such a, such a grueling job, you know? So yeah, it's something you have to have a passion for because 
you know, I, I, I worked on, uh, I ran sound for a short film called Survey last year. Ooh. And we were, this is, you know, in Florida, middle of the summer, blazing hot. We're filming outdoors for, you know, 12, 13 hours for over oh, the wow. span of two <laughs> days. So yeah. I tell people, if you, if you don't love film, you're not going to succeed in it because you'll be on set for an hour and you'll hate it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there are a lot of um, people that want to get into film, you know, to produce because they think, oh, this is a great way to make money. Yeah, you know, good luck. But that's <laughs> you could absolutely make money much easier elsewhere. Oh, for you know? sure. So, <laughs> you know, it really you're right. It really does come down to the passion of filmmaking. You really have to enjoy it. You know, those long days on set. Um, it's got to be worth it for you, you know. So, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and you hit the nail on the head, you know, where it's with filmmaking, everyone, yeah, everyone has different responsibilities, but when it comes down to it, we're all cogs in one big machine. Yeah. And if they all have to work together for the machine to work, so. Definitely. I I tell people, you know, if you can only get on as a PA, because, you know, I've done that before as well, no Mm -hmm. job is too big or too small. Yeah, I completely agree with that no matter what you do. Absolutely. Um, before yeah. before we get to The Whistler, um, let's talk about your uh, web series you did called The Dream Series, sure, which yeah. uh, I watched the episodes uh, earlier today. Uh, I did want to say, before I ask you about the you know, what inspired you to do it, I really enjoyed the combination of the visuals and the music because you know, I tell people you can really invoke an emotional response with one or the other. And I think that's great, but I think you did a very good job of balancing the two. You know, the music I felt was very appropriate to the situation and the visuals of what was going on. So I I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. And you know, that those uh, pieces, well, it started with the lake, the first episode, which wasn't an episode. It was just me kind of discovering filmmaking and, you know, I was still acting at the time. So, you know, I kind of put myself in these, these dream series episodes, these shorts, but it was more, you know, it's not a short film where it has a story and it's, you know, beginning, middle and end. These were kind of, I was just experimenting visually and, you know, I wrote the soundtrack to each and every one of them. And it was my way of kind of transitioning from music to filmmaking and, exploring editing in a way of making it you know because music was such a huge background for me and uh trying to use it to my advantage was something interesting in editing because I think editing also has kind of a musicality you have to create tension or you know if it's action oriented you have to edit in a certain way that makes the moment and all the action exciting and or to draw out emotional moments and you know, that was my way of experimenting there. And uh, then I kind of threw a few of them in the film festival circuit. I didn't really know what the film festival circuit was at the time. I just thought, oh, great, what's this? You know, I didn't I didn't really know much about uh, the film industry, really. I just thought, well, let's let's see what this is all about. And then, of course, learned uh, learned from there. But that was a great way for me to experiment and to see if I wanted to direct and um and to produce and to kind of explore 
you know, I, all aspects of filmmaking. I even, you know, did the color work. I was a colorist on, I think most of them. Um, so it was just my way of, you know, getting my finger in, in every, in every pie. And, uh, uh, it was a really lovely experience because it was free. You know, I didn't have any rules. Um, it was very free and kind of independent way of coming at film, you know, having little knowledge about the technical side and about post-production. And it was a really special way of coming at it. You know, I didn't start with a book. I didn't start with teachers. That's how I kind of started. And then, of course, later, you know, I researched and, and got into it more and asked more questions. But it was a really, really fun experience for me. And I love you know, writing soundtrack music still. I don't do that now so much, but it was it was a really great bridge between music and film. So yeah, it was fun. Well, that's really the best way to learn any aspect of filmmaking is to just do it. You know, whether First, it's film, whether it's TV or any type of production, you can learn it in a classroom to a point, but you, to me, you really don't grasp the full aspect of it until you just jump in and do it. Absolutely. I completely agree. Yeah. At least in my experience, it was very much that way. So, and I was appreciative of that for sure. I do have to ask this. So you, you were an actor, you wrote the music, you directed, you wrote, you did all the post work. Yeah. How did you find time to do all that stuff? Cause that that's, yeah, I know they're all, you know, little short episodes, but still it's a lot of work. So I props, props to you to you be able to do all of that. Thanks. Actually, well, it's interesting because at the time, you know, I was transitioning from from acting to film and I was able to get jobs um, doing DP work or editing on, you know, other people's projects. And so I was able to set up some time, um, you know, do that and make enough money for the month and then work on uh, these pieces. And so I, w- I definitely gave myself enough time to work on them. Um, and also... It was great because when I worked as a DP for other projects, I, you know, it's it's a very short, intensive time. And then I can go off for a month and do my own thing, or at least that's what I was doing at the time. Um, so that's how I found time there. And then I was just, you know, the thing was that I had, you know, my post-production office was in my house. So I got to do everything there. And, you know, my brother helped me a lot. And he's an actor. Um, uh, he helped me shoot it. And he sometimes would help me with some of the, um, you know, uh, mixing and arranging the the voice and the music and everything. So, so sometimes we would work simultaneously. So that was quite fun. So that helped a lot. That's a, that's, that's a very good way to learn, you know, as much of the aspect as you did because you know you doing all that stuff at once you really got a a full hands-on experience so that's that's really cool yeah oh yeah absolutely yeah I still ask him for help <laughs> so but it's uh yeah it's great and um you know learning to render and everything you know I I did all of it <laughs> and I had to and you know now I can ask questions and, and talk to people who are, you know, more pref- professional than me in those departments. Um, when I have questions or if I want it in a certain format, you know, I, I understand what they're saying. So yeah, that was just a way for me to kind of get to know what filmmaking is all about. 
So let's transition into your short film, The Whistler, which I had the pleasure of watching. Uh, and, and also joining us uh, on the line is your producer, or one of your producers, Ms. Sasha Filipovich. So, uh, Sasha, how's it going? Hi. Going well, thank you. How are you? Doing very well, doing very well. So, um, what was kind of the inspiration behind, you know, the story of The Whistler and how it kind of evolved into what it became? And then, Sasha, how did you get involved with the project? Um, well, the inspiration was kind of, it was kind of inspired by the tale of the Pied Piper um, by Robert Hamlin. And uh, the thing about, uh, sorry, Robert Browning. Um, and the the thing about the Pied Piper, the original story, he actually leads the children over the cliff and they die. And, you know, that's not necessarily always told in children's books. And I had come across that story and, um, you know, I find that the themes about sin and purity, even though, you know, ideology wise in the world, things are changing and continue to change drastically. Um, you know, there's still themes that people care about and talk about. So that was kind of the inspiration. And I wanted to create kind of a cozy environment um, with these two sisters and kind of bring this very classic idea of, you know, you know, babysitting gone wrong and create it with, you know, a new kind of monster similar to the Pied Piper. So that's kind of, yeah, how it was, in, you know, what it was inspired by. And then I had written the short and I was in Vancouver and I met Sasha at a women in film event, a networking event. And we started to get to know each other and we found we had a lot in common. And, um, then I asked Sasha to, you know, come on board and be a part of it. And yeah, yeah. you can jump in there. <laughs> we discovered a lot of parallels on a personal and professional level that uh, was really strange and <laughs> kind of cool at the same time. Um, we both moved to Vancouver within a week of each other, yeah. both from L.A. And I had been there for about nine years. Um, and we discovered we both have background in dance. So I have a background in dance. I danced from the time I was five until I was 25. Um, danced with a couple of companies in Houston, Texas, where I grew up, um, in Erie, Pennsylvania, and uh, did a little bit of performing in LA as well. But uh, I, you know, transitioned out of that and decided to pursue film kind of later uh, my time in LA and I worked at Sony Pictures, did marketing there for a little bit. And then personal uh, reasons brought me up to Vancouver. My, my husband's Canadian, so we came back up here. And uh, we met at a Women in Film uh, networking event, which a lot of these networking things, they never work, they're dumb. <laughs> <laughs> um, people are like, ah, oh, it's a waste of time. But in this case, it was totally worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> and we connected immediately and it was just like, yes, we should work together. Yeah, it was very clear. Yeah. And Sasha was telling me at the time that she wanted to transition from, you know, marketing to the producing side and, um, you know, perhaps directing. And so I said, well, you know, I've got this project. I just came to town, don't know anybody. Um, and I, you know, I want to shoot the short film up here in Vancouver. Um, so, yeah, I was lucky that she wanted to jump on board and we worked tirelessly together 
uh, that summer to get ready for the shoot in last September now. Yeah. It's been a year. So, and when, when Jenny first asked me, I, I honestly was very scared because, um, even though it's a short film and it's kind of small to many people, you know, it was still a big responsibility and coming from, you know, a background of dance and I guess perfection in a way you yeah. want everything to just be the best it possibly can be. So we, I think we both have a, like a very similar work ethic, um, vision, um, you know, whatever it takes to make it what it is, which, you know, made it easier. It was like a, you know, a really big collaboration. Yeah. It was um, huge to, to produce it. Yeah. And it was also, you know, I had, um, told Sasha that I wanted this to be, um, to really look great. <laughs> and, uh, this was going to be a bigger production than just, you know, a few of us, um, shooting in the backyard. And I said, look, this is kind of what I want to do. And it was a lot of work and Sasha just jumped in there right away. And she was great because, you know, I'm, and it was great to work with someone that was both creative and business oriented. Um, I found that was helpful because sometimes with me, I think, oh yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get this place for, you know, this amount, we'll rent it for this. And, and Sasha would look at me and be like, no, 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 we can do this for cheaper. We can figure <laughs> this out. And Sasha was great because she really helped me budget everything, um, you know, and getting the right location, but also, you know, I was requesting the expensive lenses <laughs> and, you know, it was, uh, you know, quite a production there that I was imagining. So she really helped me find, you know, ways that we could do things cheaper and more efficiently. And, uh, she was really great about, um, you know, finding, you know, creating enough, finding people to work with and having, making sure to have those meetings with those people, not just to say, Hey, we're doing an indie film. Uh, whoever can, you know, work on it. Great. You know, we actually sat down and talked to people and, figured out who was the right fit, which, you know, of course benefits hugely on set. You know, you wouldn't really want to do it any other way, but she was helpful in, in setting up those yeah. meetings. So it was also, um, I was new to the city as well. And it's a little tough to produce, um, indie stuff in a new city when you don't really have the connections. So yeah. that was a really, um, big learning experience for us. And, and also just, yeah, getting to know people in the city and no we met some amazing people that we got on our crew who then introduced us to other people. And it just kind of snowballed from there. And it, it helped us really kind of secure our position here as like indie filmmakers and in, in Vancouver. So that, that was a really big benefit and, and a great experience. Absolutely. And we would, you know, ask the different independent uh, communities like I asked there's a uh, an independent film community called Cineworks up here and I asked for recommendations you know for DPs and then of course the DP that I connected with you know he knew someone that could maybe help us find a location and that individual helped us find some actors and uh and then we found a, a, a drone you found someone, <laughs> you know, too. Yeah. yeah, it was all kind of word of mouth. And, and yeah. we discovered that there is a really strong indie community here, indie filmmaking community, a lot of really passionate filmmakers who are trained, who work on American shows, who work on bigger projects, but then 
have this huge drive to create their own content, to create their own projects. And there's just a big network of that, which is like refreshing and um, just a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's, that's very, I think very important, especially with, you know, you mentioning you were kind of new to Vancouver is to find a community of filmmakers who are just as passionate as you to be able to help out. You know, it just, it makes things so much easier. You know, I'm, I'm lucky that we have, you know, a group here called the Emerald Coast Film Group uh, that is very similar in that way. So that that's really cool. That's really great. Yeah. It's really, really beneficial to, have a community and to be able to reach out to people, you know, to find something um, where you can get, you know, contacts in the indie community. And, you know, speaking of being both of us, you know, from the States, um, we, I really wanted to understand uh, how Canada works and its independent, you know, filmmaking community. And, and because it is quite different, um, you know, in a way. And so we actually met, uh, I met Karen Wong at a networking event as well, and I asked her, you know, I was talking about the the production, and she said that she would love to come on board, and she's a very successful independent producer here uh, for indie film in Vancouver, and she's been up here for a while. Um, she really understands how the Canadian government works, grants, and even though we didn't do it that way, we funded everything independently, she really understood you know, where to go for, you know, if we needed gear, um, you know, for the grip department or, you know, she, she really understood, uh, who to connect with for what. And, you know, she, she led us to, um, our sound mixer and he was really, really wonderful and he really knew what he was doing. And it was just, you know, she was also very helpful in having Sasha and I understand how Canada works and, yeah, she uh, she yeah. helped us navigate all of the different, um, you know, especially in post pre production and post production. Especially, she was essential um, with you know giving us uh, names of companies and who we should talk to, and here are the forms, and um, this is kind of how we do it here. This is who you should reach out to. So, um, yeah, it was it was a huge uh, collaboration with her as well. Um, she was our, our other producer, as Jenny said. That's so, great. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great. So talk me through the whole process of making the Whistler. Like what, what type of gear did you guys get? You know, how long did it take? Uh, and, and things like that. Okay. That's a good question. Well, I can start a little bit and then Jenny can get into more technical sure. <laughs> aspects. Um, yeah. So uh, like Jenny said earlier, she had already written the, the short, the script and um, basically we, I mean, we spent close to, I mean, I want to say four months prepping. I mean, when seriously prepping, not just talking and meeting occasionally about it and looking at things, but serious prep. Um, it was at least four months of just intense prep and crewing up and finding locations and, um, finding, um, you know, we, I think when, by the time we kind of started, we already had the DP, Naeem Sutherland, and uh, we had our production designer. So we kind of started as a small kind of core team. And then um, Jenny and I like really got intense um, 
with finding everything. And we were lucky Mm -hmm. enough to, uh, with our DP, he had all his own gear. So, um, we were able to use his camera for this, which Jenny can explain a little bit more on that. Yeah. So, um, so Naeem has a red scarlet dragon package and, um, you know, he, at first I hadn't actually worked with the scarlet honestly. And I was a little concerned because I've really been a huge fan of the Epic. And so Naeem was like, well, yeah, we can get the, you know, same resolution and we can, you know, do the following. And, uh, because we don't need certain, certain aspects that the, the Epic has not for this particular production. So I said, okay, you know, he talked me into it. And, um, then from there, he was able to connect with uh, different companies, and we talked about getting the these really cool lenses that he had tested. I don't remember if he had shot with them before, but they're Ekron Momos. Um, I hadn't heard of them before, um, but they really give – it's a really cool blend with, with the RED camera and gives it more of a filmy look, um, which we were going for. Um, and that, that was a cool thing about working with Naeem as well, that he we were kind of on the same page in terms of style from the get-go, just as I was with Sasha. Um, so it was very easy uh, to prepare uh, those aspects, the technical aspects with him. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. how, how long did it take you guys to shoot the film? Oh, right. So it took about, how long did it take to prep? Because we also did casting early on I remember we were casting for the little sister in May and also it's funny because I didn't know any actresses uh to play and I I didn't really know the community I I didn't know any casting directors in town so I went through Actors Access up here in Vancouver and it's not as big up here as it is in the states I discovered Mm -hmm. um we we were able to find this amazing little actress. She really stood out. Um, Bea Ipadowicz. Um, and we, you know, chose her for the role. She was just so natural and she really listened. And when I gave her a note, she completely, you know, absorbed it and, you know, presented it in a really cool way. And I was really impressed with her and it was kind of, you know, I, I definitely wanted her to be a part of the production. And of course I had to find someone that could look a little similar um, to her. And it was funny because I had asked a cousin that I had who was living in Vancouver at the time. I said, you know, Hey, um, I'm doing this reading and we actually need someone to be a reader for this casting casting call. And she said, well, I have a cousin, you know, on my husband's side of the family who is an actress and she wants to, you know, check out the other side of the table and to see how that is. And so I said, okay, great. Yeah, let's, uh, she can absolutely come and help us out. That would be wonderful. And so, uh, she, she came and helped out and I was watching her and I thought, read. And I thought, well, maybe she should audition for this role for the the lead role. So I said, Hey, Karis, why don't you audition? And it was probably the, her most awkward audition ever. Cause she was reading went and sat in the, you know, the actor's chair and did the scene and came back to read again. Um, (laughs) So, you know, it was a little bit weird for her, but uh, she was also kind of stood out as well, hands down. Um, So I was lucky to find her too, but that was in May. And then in June I was working on uh, just kind of preparing 
um, a little bit more for, uh, you know, in terms of style. And I, I kept working on the script a little bit. And then we started working in, was it July or August on pre-production? Mm-hmm. It was probably July. July. Right, yeah, you're right. It was July. Was town. Yeah. So that was a month and a half of pre-production. Or no, it was more, Mm because then, when did we shoot? We shot uh, at the end of September 2018, no, 2017. Right, yeah. So 2017, and I guess, you know, principal photography was three and a half days. Yeah. Okay. Really tight. Yeah, very tight. Very tight for the script. (laughs) It was was very ambitious. You know, one of the things uh, that we, well, a lot of the uh, crew we found um, you know, they have other jobs, they are on bigger shows, so they were just available for the weekend, or we could only get the house for the weekend and right. things like that. So we were kind of dependent on schedules. So we we tried to get it in as tight. We had really long days. I think one day was yeah. probably 16 hours. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. It's just ridiculous. And, you know, we, like our crew was just so wiped gracious. Out and, yeah, they were well. wiped out. We were in, you know, we, we shot up uh, we shot in Whistler, which is uh, just about an hour and a half to almost two hours north of Vancouver out in this forest. And there's this gorgeous waterfall. Um, and we were lucky enough to have access to that with the drone. Um, we had about 20 children who were background uh, zombie kids. And, um, you know, they were just trudging through the mud and the forest and cold. And <laughs> we, you know, we'd put the jackets on them in between takes and, you know, we put the jackets on in between takes and we would, you know, be like, hang in there guys, we're almost done. And you guys are doing great. And just, you know, these, these poor kids. And then, you know, we had a lamp op who she was just super ill. And she's I was Ill. like, go home, you're sick. And she's like, no, I'm going to do this. And she's just, she's just like carrying like C stands through the forest. Like Crazy. I'm like, just so hardcore, you know, people up here actually. No kidding. Um, and you know, we were, we had flashlights just trying to get all the gear back into the cars. And, um, it was, we had some, one of our, uh, spotters for the, um, for the drone, she got a bee sting in the eye. Like it was just, <laughs> I mean, it's not funny, but it, but there now, are so many things. That yeah. Were, you know, it, yeah. It's when you're out in nature like that, like it's really wild out there. Like we had to have bear, um, notices on our call sheets and have a, you know, safety Watch out me- for black bears. Yeah. Safety <laughs> meetings include, Hey, if you see a bear, you know, don't leave trash. It's, it's very wild out there. And, um, you know, people up here, I think are a little bit more used to it, but for us, it was kind of new. And when we were for scouting, sure. we were, you know, we were out in like, you can watch our, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, but Derek, we have a behind the scenes video that we made and Jenny almost fell into the river. Oh no. <laughs> got, stuck, got stuck in the forest. And I, and Sasha said, forget it. My shoes are getting wet. I don't care. And I was like a cat and I thought, no way, there's no way I'm going to, you know, get my feet wet. Yeah. So I made it very difficult for myself and was hugging, you know, the side of the Creek on these very slippery trees nearly (laughs) went right into the water. Yeah. And Sasha caught it on camera, which was on her iPhone, which was fantastic. Yep. (laughs) I'll have to go back and watch that after we're done. And I'll send it to you. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Yeah. 
it was an adventure. Like scouting was so much fun. We went to so many places. I think, I mean, Jenny mentioned it earlier, you know, we, there were several other forest areas we wanted to use, but like the hundred was using it through the end of October. So we couldn't, you know, things like that. So we had to get creative, but we got really lucky and we shot a beautiful house in North Vancouver, um, that, uh, you know, was kind of a friend of a friend, um, and we, yeah, we, we managed to get these like gorgeous locations, which really helped with the overall look of the film. And, um, our DP was like very particular about lighting. I mean, yeah, he was, was he was, he would not turn that camera on until the lighting was exactly what he wanted. Yeah. And it was a pain in the ass, but <laughs> we are so thankful now for, you know, all of that attention to detail that he had and that, you know, that we all had because it made it makes it just look so beautiful and scary at the same time and it's you know and it's it is a proof of concept you know it's a standalone piece but it is a proof of concept for the feature that jenny has already written so um the goal is to is to take this kind of attention to detail the discipline the creativity um, the concept and make this into something bigger that we can then share with even more people. Right. No, absolutely. And it, that's one of those examples, you know, you're talking about the, the DP is that, you know, perfectionism can be a good thing. Yeah. And, you know, we were all kind of helping each other. We, we all knew that we had a tight schedule. We all, you know, decided that we would shoot at twilight, not at night. So, you know, our time was limited there too. And we were all helping each other try to hurry along as much as we could, but while still trying to, you know, create the right lighting and, and to do everything properly. And, you know, I remember Karen coming to me the, on the third, our last day on set. And she said, Hey, I'm really worried about, you know, these last shots. We don't have time for the following. And, you know, I said, yep, okay, I've thought of that. We're going to cut this. We're going to cut that from the script, and we're going to do this. And she was like, okay. You know, so we were all trying to help each other finish this because, it, you know, it was important that it wasn't an unfinished story, right. <laughs> you know, at the end. So we actually did change, you know, we did cut some things from the script and, and all of that, but it, it was necessary, and we we all helped each other, you know, just – try to do the best we can for the limited amount of time. So yeah, yeah, we were all, it was nice to have people on board that saw that, that understood that, that, you know, we all want a great product, but that we all just have so much time to do it. And it was very easy in that sense to, to get the project done, to move things along. And we were, you know, planned and and ready for, you know, each, each scene and how it would be shot. So that helped a lot too. And I've heard stories, too, about, you know, how some, whether it's a DP or a director who can be kind of a stickler to what they want to do. But as you mentioned, you know, with sometimes the time of day with scheduling and things like that, you know, even if it isn't exactly the way that you pictured it, right. it can still come out really well, you know, regardless yeah. of things like that. So no, that's, that's good to have a, a crew that understands that. That, that all has the same mindset. Yeah. And you know what? The things that we cut at the end, I don't think we even needed because I think it would have just created more tension where we didn't need to create it. And it just, it sort of escalates, you know, nicely as it is now. I think, you know, I wanted to add in all these different, 
you know, other moments in, in the forest, you know, when our lead character goes into the forest and I don't think we even need them, you know? Um, so I think it, it always works out, uh, for the best. No, for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I did very much enjoy, enjoy the film. You know, I thought it looked great. Uh, again, the music was very, very fitting. I thought the acting was really well done. And honestly, my favorite line from the whole film I don't know if this was meant to be funny or not, but I, I actually laughed out loud when I was watching it. When the when Rebecca sits on the couch and she asks her older sister, you know, what are you watching? And she says, oh, just some old horror film. And Rebecca says, oh, which one? I like the one where the blood comes gushing out of the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had to do a tribute to The Shining. I mean, oh, for come, sure. Come on, I had to. <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed that. Yeah. Those little little bits of humor like that, because I, I could tell that it was going to be some type of horror or thriller type film, but you still got to inject little bits of humor in it, too. So so that, that okay. was really good. Nice. I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, we just um, uh, showed the film was screened at Shock Therapy uh, Film Festival in Victoria, B.C., Mm-hmm. And uh, it was fun being a part of the audience because they were laughing, you know, at those little moments um, between the sisters. You know, there were like three moments where the audience was just laughing. I thought, oh, that's great. You know, it's not overbearing or too serious or, you know, so I thought that was great to have some of that, um, to hear that, you know, to get that response from the audience. So that's that's great. And I'm glad to hear that. Well, it was also believable, too, that they could be sisters, which I thought was really cool. That's great. <laughs> that's awesome. So uh, what's next for, for both of you? I know, you know, you guys finished The Whistler. Are you guys collaborating on anything else? Do you have any individual projects you want to talk about? Um, Sasha just directed a short film, a dramedy, um, that sound post-production. Um, so I don't know mm-hmm. if we can talk too much about that. Um, but... Um, because it's still, you know, in the works, but, uh, we do plan. So the, the feature film, um, that I have written is called Blackwood Falls and the Whistler is a proof of concept for that feature. And, uh, you know, I think our next steps are looking to, um, sort of, you know, start the development process and see if we can find funding and get actors involved and just to see, uh, where we can go next with this project. And I do have a slate of films. Um, you know, I have other horrors that I've written and actually a fantasy adventure pilot as well. So, you know, we have different projects on the go and Sasha and I have talked about another show that we have an idea for. So, mm-hmm. you know, we, we have all these projects kind of waiting to be sort of, uh, pitched I guess yeah and right now we are both pretty busy like Jenny has been the one mostly going to the festivals um, that we've been getting into and um, I am uh, pretty busy working on Riverdale actually which does shoot in Vancouver (laughs) (laughs) so um, I work in the production office uh, for the show so it keeps me pretty busy so everything that we do with these other projects I do on my own time and kind of work overtime for. Um, But we hope to, um, you know, just get a little bit more momentum with uh, these other projects that we have, we have coming up. And um, yeah. And I mean, I 
there's so many indie projects going on. Yeah, we might shoot something else together. Who knows? Yeah. If it's, you know, we can, if there's time. <laughs> <laughs> That's so. always the key question. Yes. <laughs> For sure. So uh, two more questions. What kind of advice can you give to anyone who wants to get into filmmaking? Um, I'd say kind of what we were talking about before, jump into every department um, but follow your passion too. I think people like to say how it is because it is different for every individual, like how to um, can be, you know, how to continue working in the film industry and how to make that your career. And um, if that's what young filmmakers are striving for, I would say to, you know, get as much experience as possible. And that means, you know, shooting in your backyard. That means, uh, you know, connecting with, uh, other filmmakers in the area. It uh, means learning. You know, I read books on indie filmmaking. That was really helpful. And going to panels and listening to others who are experienced, it certainly has helped me a lot and given me, you know, even if I, now that I go to, you know, different panels and I listen, if I know, you know, if there's a lot that I do know that, you know, they're talking about, there's always something I've forgotten or, that's a good reminder or that I learn from, you know, so it's, I, I try to do that when yeah. I can. I also think just there, there's always a community of filmmakers wherever you live. Um, even if it's small and just get to know them, find them on a Facebook group or a panel, or if there's a networking event and just volunteer, just say, Hey, like, how can I help? I want to be a part of your project. And even if you're just there doing crafty or, um, you know, PA or, you know, they're, they're always looking for people who can help. And once you, once you start helping and that mm-hmm. you'll be, you'll, they'll remember you and, or someone else on their crew will remember you and be like, Oh, Hey, remember that, that oh, person? Yes. Why don't we call her up or call him up and see if they can help. And you kind of just, you just kind of get involved. You kind of get into that circle. Um, the other thing to do, which I mean, works really in any kind of career is to do some informational interviews, you know, find someone in your city, um, or in your community, or even just if they're not in your city, um, find them on LinkedIn or, you know, online or on IMDb and just reach out to them and say, Hey, I really love your work. Um, I'm really interested in getting into this type of job in film. You know, what can, what advice do you have? Or, you know, what do you think I should do? And, you know, nine times out of 10, they will reach out back to you and, and give you a few minutes of their time. It's like that age-old advice uh, statement, don't be afraid to ask. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. I still ask questions like I'm five. What's that? What's that? (laughs) I'm just not afraid of it anymore, even if it's a dumb question, because I I really do want to (laughs) know. So, yeah. And you know what? To, you know, young filmmakers as well, just do something you like. Don't make, don't don't do this for money. Mm. Uh, Absolutely not. And everyone has their own different taste. And everyone will have their own opinion on how to do things the proper way. Just do what you love. I've learned that myself. So that's really important. Last question. Do you guys have any website or social media you'd like to plug so the listeners can follow you? Sure. Um, We have been garnering uh, a number of awards with The Whistler. Um, So you can check out uh, the trailer and uh, some information about The Whistler at uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, it's at Whistler Movie, and the website is www.thewhistler.movie. 
Fantastic. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. It was great. Well, thank you. Thanks thank so you, much Derek. for having me back. Thanks again to Jenny and Sasha for that really fun, really informative chat. Hopefully you guys learned something. I know I certainly did. Be sure to follow their short film, The Whistler, on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Whistler Movie. Next week, we'll be talking about a subject that, until I did this interview, I knew absolutely nothing about, and that is composing a score for film with Kay's Altracci. And not only do we talk about that, we also discuss him transitioning from writing music to writing a script and directing with his short film, in lucidity so be sure to come back and check out that really fun episode as always i'd like to thank my close friends the unicorn wranglers for providing the theme music for this show their songs late night drive through and light and jazzy can be found on their latest album greetings from the space fan which is available on apple music and spotify and if you want to follow the show on social media facebook twitter and instagram at d diamond podcast That's going to do it for this week. Hopefully my voice will be back to 100% next week. As always, enjoy the rest of your week, enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you guys next week with Kay's Altrack G. (laughs) 